What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. When we've got polls coming out, uh, really tapping into the sentiment of Canadians uh, regarding the whole issue that's engulfed us all, needless to say, uh, interesting whether or not that actually is uh, another fluid situation where maybe the numbers would move. Let's find out. Daryl Bricker is the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, and Ipsos published a poll on Tuesday that had some rather interesting numbers, uh, and we'll break it all down for you. Daryl, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. You know, when I say it's very fluid, uh, so yours was just a snapshot poll, or is it a tracking poll? No, we tracked it over the last two weeks. And, and what we're seeing is that... Uh, the numbers in terms of opposition to the blockades have been moving up quite considerably. They're up 10 points over where they were last week. So over 60% of Canadians say that this is not an appropriate way uh, for the Indigenous community to express their displeasure uh, with the states of state of negotiations in B.C. And also 63% of the population, up at, I think 11 points compared to last week, that believe that the police should uh, be moving in to, uh, to take down the blockades. Now, you published that poll yesterday. Uh, if you waited a couple more days and this thing had not been resolved, uh, do you think those numbers would continue that trajectory? Yeah, there's every, every evidence is that, uh, that, uh, that that would have been the case. I mean, if you go back to Oka and you go back to uh, Idle No More a few years ago, we saw an ex- exactly the same kind of dynamic. And, and what's happening, John, is it moves from a discussion about Indigenous issues, which Canadians are actually, the general population's uh, quite prepared to hear a discussion about, to a discussion about law and order. And that's one where there isn't really a lot of patience. And the more disruptive uh, um, the blockades are or whatever the political tactics are that are being applied, the more that Canadians tend to disagree with them. So it kind of shape-shifted as to their perspective on this. Yeah, it moves out of the realm of politics. Uh, it moves out of the realm of uh, discussing uh, Indigenous reconciliation and moves specifically into the realm of law and order and whether or not uh, uh, people should be uh, protesting in the way that uh, the Indigenous community chose to protest. So it becomes somewhat personal. It does. And, and the more um, central it is to people's lives, so for example, if it's disrupting the, the CN mainline, or yesterday, as we saw, disrupting uh, commuters, not just here in Toronto, but, but also in places like Montreal, and we saw similar disruptions in, uh, in, in other provinces and other cities. Uh, the more that we're seeing of this, the more uh, displeasure is raised with the rest of the, uh, uh, the Canadian population. And, you know, one has to wonder, uh, if, if you think that these tactics are actually leading to greater sympathy among the Canadian population, uh, the, the evidence is it's clearly not. That's interesting. Daryl Bricker is with us, the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. And uh, in uh, relation to the poll they published on Tuesday, Canadians finding uh, great disfavor with the idea of these uh, train disruptions. As a matter of fact, the other interesting thing is that they do uh, support uh, the majority anyway, some sort of police intervention uh, to, I guess, dismantle some of these blockades. Is that not right? That's true. And, you know, when we've looked at this question in the past, People were very reluctant to say that the police should be moving in, uh, and, you know, for example, around Idle No More with some of the things that were happening around that. Uh, there was not a lot of public support for the police moving in and, and taking down barricades. It's quite different this time around. 
it's interesting to me because you've got a regional breakdown as well. Uh, now, from coast to coast, province to province, uh, how does that work? Are they relatively in sync or some favor disproportionately more than other provinces? Well, you know, given the regional disparities that we have these days, you're, I'm used to looking at polls and seeing very wide differences, say, for example, between Quebec and Alberta. This time around, not the case. Uh, the, the growing desire for um, police intervention, the growing displeasure for um, uh, growing uh, opposition, I should say, to, uh, to the barricades is consistent across the country. Where does it peak or where is it highest? Uh, when you go into Western Canada, so in places like Alberta, um, it's, it's, it's higher than it is anywhere else. But uh, there's majorities in every parts of the country that feel the same. All right. Ontario, though, is uh, lowest on the rung at uh, finding disapproval. Anyway, disapproval of these protests is at 57 percent. So there's, I I guess, you know, uh, still some serious support for these types of protests and uh, not wanting to see police dismantle the barricades in this province. Now, the velocity and direction, though, of where public opinion is moving tends to is very much in the direction of opposition rather than support. So I would expect that if these things uh, continue on, you'll see the numbers in Ontario move, just as they've moved everywhere else, continue to move up. Daryl, do you get a sense, I mean, I'm sure the political parties or the people in charge uh, somehow understand this, do their own tracking, uh, and if not, might even use this as a reference, uh, where there's a tipping point in public sentiment, so they realize now might be the most opportune time to actually utter whatever it was when the Prime Minister, I guess, on the weekend late said these things got to come down by midnight. And uh, do they uh, get a sense for the temperature of the public, uh, the prevailing mood and mindset? And that's when they decide to issue uh, directives and things like that? Well, if they were doing polling, they would have found exactly what we found. So uh, we saw a definite change in tone from the prime minister last week where it was all about negotiation and, and then moving uh, over the two or three days to uh, saying that uh, it was necessary for um, uh, for uh, the blockades to come down and really referring to this more as a law and order issue, as you know, we basically discussed today. Um, so uh, I expect that they were saying everything that, that you and I are talking about today. Well, it does impact the perception of the prime minister and his leadership as well. Your polls track that too, hasn't it? Yeah. Now, the interesting thing on that is it really hasn't had that much of an impact. So if you look at Justin Trudeau's personal approval levels over the last month, they've only gone down by about two points. And so, you know, why would that be? Well, I I think probably what's happening is people have not necessarily looked at this issue through a political lens the way that, you know, many of the pundits do or the Ottawa Press Gallery does. They're actually looking at the practicalities of what's happening in their individual lives and looking at what it's going to take uh, to, uh, to say, for example, eliminate the blockades. So they're not necessarily looking to ascribe blame right now to any of the political players, but that doesn't mean that that won't come around and that won't be the result. Uh, one of the things that we know about uh, uh, public opinion and, uh, and governments and their ability to govern is that uh, ca- Canadians really do look to things like, for example, maintaining public order as being a central goal for the government. And if a government fails to do that, uh, their their reputation tends not to last. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, you did use the operative phrase right now, uh, maybe as this thing continues to fester or percolate, uh, perceptions are apt to change. I don't need to tell you. I mean, you track these things as a rule. And well, I remember, I remember OCA, um, and that's basically what happened. It started off where there was a lot of support for what the government was doing in, in OCA, and then over time, 
as it looked like the government was basically not in control of the situation, the numbers got worse and worse for the Mulroney government. And, if you know, people point to Meech Lake as what the problem was for the Mulroney government. It actually started with OCA. Interesting. And uh, insofar as if these things continue not to be resolved uh, and we see tire fires on tracks and maybe more rail disruptions and things like that, uh, will the public then lean towards police intervention? Will that, is that where you'll see the spike, uh, disapproval of, you know, the protests notwithstanding? But will the, you know, the leaders and prime minister in this case uh, suffer maybe more disapproval? Well, yeah, those who are responsible for maintaining public order, uh, eventually the public will turn back to them and say, you know, you're not doing your job. But it won't just be the um, it won't just be the, the federal government. At some point, this is going to be, you know, particularly when you're dealing with things like, for example, in the city of Toronto, like we saw in Dundas and Jane, all of a sudden it becomes an issue for the city. But it'll also become an issue for the provincial government because the OPP uh, has a lot of responsibility for many of the places where you would see blockades. So this is this is something that could uh, uh, splash back on not just the federal government but also the municipal government and the um, and the provincial government or the police forces themselves uh, who were told uh, don't take their orders from the politicians. The politicians are quick to point that out. So they would act uh, independently or unilaterally uh, might reflect negatively on the police themselves, wouldn't it? Yeah, everybody involved. And that's one of the interesting things on this. I mean, when you sit down with the federal government, they always, uh, or the provincial government, the municipal government, one of the first topics they always talk about is, you know, whose responsibility it is. Uh, the truth is that when you talk to the uh, the average citizen, they think everybody's responsible. Uh, they're not making the fundamental, you know, parsing of, you know, the Constitution and how it applies to different levels of authority and different levels of power. Uh, they want everybody at the uh, at the table making sure that uh, uh, that progress is made. So uh, there's really no way that anybody can dodge it. Yeah. And it tends to tell me, too, uh, based on all your research and the numbers that you've broken out here, uh, depending on how closely it hits the home, uh, you'll see a corresponding response. Daryl, always a pleasure to talk. I appreciate the update. Thanks for having me on, John. You got it. Daryl Bricker, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.